Hey everybody, Mikey from Quidditch here. You're listening to 25,000 Mile Radio Show. There's a sickness in the street And a cops on the beat Have got a sickness in their hearts Right from the start Welcome to the show. Thanks for having us. Big question for everybody is how are you guys holding up with COVID? And how are you keeping busy as a band? Well, it's weird, right? Because there's no shows to play. So we've been really filling our time, though. Um, and we got to have the experience of being a band uh, and having like a little adventure by going to the recording studio in summer. So in a, in a way, we kind of got like our little uh, seasonal uh, adventure that way. Um, and we got to kind of live together and work together and play music. So that was really fortunate. And it was like a big relief after the months of shutdown and, and restrictions and stuff like that. Uh, but still, there's no shows to play. So we've just been really uh, focusing on like, what can we do to release this music in this world that we're living in right now? And what does it mean to be a band? I guess like everyone in the world kind of had probably a bit of an identity crisis, right? When this whole thing started, like, what do I do? Who am I? What am I? You know, we all get to know each other really well in the four walls that are in our homes. And so we we just talk a lot really like it started out after we got done the record we were like well let's meet on skype if we can't meet in person and let's just talk about what we want to do and what's our dreams for this band what what's different now and and where do we want to go and how how can we get there so there's been a lot of planning you know and a lot of like aspiring yeah, yeah, and like in a lot of ways, there there has been some some benefits to the, the crazy world that we're living in these days. Um, like 
normally uh, we're quite active in the Calgary scene uh, on a pretty regular basis. Like we, we've got another show coming up or another weekend rip around Alberta, like every, every month or so. And quick, we've quick shout out to the coast or whatever. Yeah. Pretty, pretty frequently. And yeah. And not, not having that time on the road. I mean, obviously we miss it, but um, we've been able to focus our efforts into, uh, into putting together um, a, a lot of, a lot of press and a lot of, a lot of uh, production on, on this record. Yeah. I think COVID has been weird, right? I mean, we definitely had a lot of downtime where we're not even getting together on an individual level to, hang out never mind make music right so uh yeah we were really fortunate to get to spend a little bit of time on on the road going out to vancouver to record which was a really cool experience recording with jesse gander at rain city recorders um you know it's a pretty well-known studio so it was a little intimidating but real comfortable real quickly which was good everybody's kind of been in in and out of work and school and trying to live their normal lives otherwise but uh you know, getting ready for for this debut of this band has given us uh, purpose. Yeah, lots to look forward. We probably wouldn't have one otherwise, right? So, and with COVID, like you know, pretty much shutting down shows. How do you guys feel about live streaming a performance? It's definitely something that we're entertaining the idea of because, I mean, what else are you going to do, right? There's got to be some kind of way to showcase your band on a live level because that connection with your fan base is so important, I think. And we haven't been able to do that yet. So it's kind of weird, but um, yeah, live streams. I'm into it. Let's do one. Yeah. <laughs> we, had a, we had a live show booked at the end of the month and then that was pretty obviously not going to happen. So we started talking about what would it look like to live stream it and how could we start planning for that. But I got kibosh too because this second wave is just so intense, right? That that's just it's just not even going to happen. So, so live streaming absolutely we entertain the idea of, and it's probably it's probably most realistically what'll happen next with us, right? As a as opposed to a live show, although yeah, we got those vaccines coming, so you know, yeah, even with the restrictions right now, we can't even get together. Well, we could live stream. In a, in a sense like this with Zoom or something, but we can't even all get together to to perform together in a room yeah, like for a live stream, right? So I don't know. There's some debate because some people are like for it. Some people are really against it. I think the thing that people are against the, the most, though, is like some bands will live stream, but then it'll be like, buy a ticket. And then it's like, yeah, yeah. it costs money. And you're like, well, I could just, you know, watch it on YouTube later. Yeah, it's it's an interesting. Um, it, it, it's polarized a, a lot of the the community. You can tell um, when it gets to a point of asking for a ticket charge. Like I see both sides of that, where like you know artists got to get some income somehow, um, but at the same time, like you, you can't really charge what you would at a venue. You know, for full price, you know, more personal experience. And as far as like how to best showcase a live performance via live live stream. I, I think there's probably, you know, I've seen examples of, of good and bad ways to do it. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I think as long as the proper thoughts put into the production and you got more than one camera angle, you're off to a good start. <laughs> yeah. Um, quit it. It looks like, you know, from pictures, it's, it's four river jacks out of five. 
So, yeah, no, um, you're no on the bush there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Was, was there ever a moment where you guys were like, yo, we can make River Jacks work with, with four people? Or was it like almost immediate, like, no, nah, we need something else? Everything sort of presented itself at the same time for us. The band had changed enough that with or without our fifth member, member uh, Andy, hi, Andy, we love you. Um, with or without our fourth member, I think we had changed enough that the record that we were writing very apparently became a different kind of project. For instance, we're all writing now. We're all writing lyrics. We're all contributing vocals. And we're all kind of, we've all come to the same level as far as our social outlet goes. And so not only are we all writing and singing, but all of our words are informing the others. So when the decision to change up the membership a little bit came up, we thought it would be best to just start something new because that's very obviously what the album we were writing was to us at that point. Yeah, it kind of felt right to um, to move in this direction. You know, our sound isn't necessarily a far cry from what River Jacks had going on, but losing losing a key a key instrument like the accordion really shifts shifts it more. And, True, he really that instrument really like was our identity in a way, right? People yeah. would talk about like, hey, have you ever heard of River Jacks? That's that punk band with the accordion, right? And so without that, we weren't. Yeah. Sorry to cut you off there, Mikey. That's okay. You pretty much finished my thoughts, <laughs> as you would. Okay, well, well said then. Well said. Correct, yeah. correct answer, guys. <laughs> All right, move on to the next round. Yeah, yeah, no, you know what? Oh, sorry. So I, um, I think the idea of carrying carrying on as as the river, continuing on as the River Jacks, based on all these things, just didn't make sense, right? Because we're not really we're not really River Jacks anymore. We're something different. So despite the fact that it's all remaining members of the same band. Um, I've actually experienced it in other bands in the past where the same group of guys without a person or two starts something new and, and it just, it feels right to kind of um, shift away from what we were to, to build on this, this new exciting chapter. Um, Yeah. And it just felt right. Like I said, to, to change the band name to go along with that. Yeah, and how did uh, how'd you guys land on Quit It for a band name? There was many, many suggestions. <laughs> yeah, I think we all like it for different reasons as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it was, we were actually on our way either to or from, yeah, to recording the record. Yeah. We were in the van, and it just got blurted out, and everybody kind of like... You know, a dog hears something and their ears kind of perk up, you know? Like it was kinda of, kinda of that that vibe. I think Jordan, did you come up with it? Was it you? Yeah. Yeah, it was I think Spenny and I sitting in the back bench of the uh, Grand Caravan that we tour in Mike in Mikey's van. And I think we were just plugging away uh, at ideas and on our laptops for, for whatever reasons and we were mixing the demos to send to the engineer uh, yeah. for tomorrow's session or whatever, a little bit late, but whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Doing some last minute that, that like, you know, <laughs> we You're never drunk. do that. You know, that never yeah. happens. So. Yeah. We're usually very well thought out and planned. Yeah. 
operation over here. Sorry, I cursed. <laughs> uh, it's all right. I'll edit it out in production. No yeah. big deal. Yeah, just throw a little bleep. <laughs> coming out uh, on all streaming platforms December 11th, that's correct? Mm-hmm, that's right. But it's out right now on Bandcamp. You kind of released it early on that? Yeah, we thought we'd do like a, a sneak peek and we, we came up with like um, an internet social media sort of promotion plan for that sneak peek and it was really successful and then we just figured Bandcamp's awesome so we might as well just leave it up there for everybody to check out before it goes to uh, the rest of the services. Early access. Yeah, nice. <laughs> <laughs> Exclusive band camp only. Yeah, and then, uh, and then in the spring, uh, late winter, early spring sometime, we got it coming out on Wax as well. So uh, Wasted Wax Records out of, out of Medicine Hat's going to release that for us. Okay, yeah, right on. That was my next question. Are you going to release it on, like, yeah. record or anything else? Beat, but- yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. And interviews itself. Uh, <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> yeah, yeah Bart's, a good, go. Bart's a good pal of ours, and he's been working his ass off, his butt off with uh, with his record label this past year, especially. And we we snuck in under the radar one of the, the last uh, releases that he set up for for the year. How many contracts did he have it this year? He like must have, he must have put out fourteen records wow. this year, and he's got a couple that are tailing over. Like ours, will be releasing early next year, and a couple other ones that are coming out early next year. But yeah, he's really been working hard to uh, to get things going for his label, and it's and it's pretty exciting to get to be a part of that. So the last song on the EP has guest vocals from Sarah from the Alien Boys. How That's did right. you uh, get uh, that whole thing hooked up? Well, River Jacks had played with them uh, once or twice, I think. And uh, we, 
I mean, Alien Boys just blew us away. It was something that we, that kind of energy we hadn't seen come out of anywhere in a long time. And we knew that this was a powerful relationship to pursue and uphold because uh, we really believe in their message and what they're doing with the band. So, um, so we just stayed in touch after we played with them in our last band. And, uh, and you know, we could have we come up with a plan, but I think we were just in the studio and we were like, what are we going to do for this part in this song? It's kind of a cool breakdown, but it would be made cooler by something else. And then we had the idea to invite Sarah. And little did we know that Sarah has the ability to just come up with a profound piece of writing like that. So I texted Sarah and the next day they came into the studio and had a whole monologue written in, in the true signature of, of the Alien Boys way they, they have these monologues. And, um, and it just, it, it all just kind of came together so quickly and, and organically. Sarah was right on board from the beginning and willing to go to all the lengths that they needed to go to, to be on the record because I guess they believe in us too. So that's really awesome. It's a great friendship that, that we've developed with alien boys. Yeah, it was totally a fly by the seat of the pants. Like, if it wasn't for COVID, it might not have happened almost. Because, mm -hmm. uh, I mean, nobody was really doing anything. Uh, luckily, this band from Calgary was um, fortunate enough to get to travel out there and and record. And and uh, Sarah had a relationship with Jesse as well. So I think there was a lot of motivation for her to come out and, and see us and see Jesse and get to do something exciting and, and meaningful, I think, maybe. Uh, so, yeah, it was definitely very cool to have, have Sarah out for that. I, I agree. My, I, I think it was super meaningful. You know, we've been writing a lot about our work to try to uh, get the press interested and eventually get other labels interested for future projects. We're writing about the lyrics a little bit to try to get even news interested and and something that sarah brought to that song was a a lived experience and a first-hand account of somebody who works um on the front lines in vancouver not only of the covid19 pandemic but of the opioid crisis and so so the song wake up call is uh, it's a stark criticism of trickle-down economics and austerity measures that governments put in place to save money. And it usually writes is like a, an attack on the public sector. And so, and we didn't intend this, but what we got out of Sarah was this firsthand lived experience of what that looks like on the ground in Vancouver. And the song is made incredible by that. Yeah, it adds a whole other dynamic that it didn't have before. That's right. Yeah, because we, we just had this four Alberta guys looking at their premier with uh, with hate in their eyes, but Sarah's words really put it all into a really grounded perspective. And not to mention that they came in like a real pro and just knocked it out of the park. It was, <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, yeah. I, I have chills every time I hear that part. But being there, watching them lay it down, like it, it was. Uh, yeah. 
it was something to behold. That's for yes. Sure. It took Jesse longer to set up and like do the COVID nineteen wipe everything down and and make everything ready for Sarah than it did for Sarah to actually lay those vocals down. Wow! <laughs> just like comes in and boom. Yeah, yeah, just a beast. Yeah, and that voice just so powerful. Yeah, we're so lucky. I uh, I agree because like as soon as I heard that, I was like, oh man, that band rules. And so, like, that's <laughs> that's the first song I listened to before I listened to the first song. <laughs> I was like, oh, man. of your knowledge can you name one of the worst shows you've ever played and then we'll flop and do the best show you've ever played there's like a lot of good and bad moments that happen at every show but to to distill it down to like a bad show i can i can tell you about bad times at shows they tend to be in uh smaller places in alberta like i remember one time in lethbridge some Cowboy intimidated us into not using the pool table for merch. Remember oh, yeah. that? He was like, I think he it was his pool table. Yeah, yeah. He was bouncing at the the bar next door, but he like came up to the pool table. He's like, I'm gonna play pool, and we're like, oh, okay. put his dollar down on the on the table, and we're like, uh, he's like, ah, I got the next game. Better move your stuff. <laughs> He was big. Yeah, he was really big. (laughs) And we were like, I don't know if we were playing it as a three-piece or a four-piece, but we weren't even full force, so (laughs) we didn't didn't want to test him. Yeah, man. Move move the shirts. (laughs) That was the last show of a five-week tour, wasn't it? Uh, Yeah, Yeah, that's right. We lost Yeah, when we were down to three that night. You remember that? Um, remember that show uh, in Wainwright where the opening band was like, "Hey, we're from Wainwright, and if you're not, f- off or something <laughs> like that." Like, that was kind of weird. 
but like to, what the worst show i mean shows are great because we're playing music they're always good so that's always good uh but we do have these like kind of funny weird yeah. bad experiences at them too like even the the ones that can be considered like bad have a hell of a lot of charm in their own little ways like those sometimes make the best stories is the word exactly you don't sometimes you don't remember the good ones but like the bad ones because of what happened yeah you never forget the bad ones well we like even like like i'll use this for an example it's one of the first ones that pops into my head uh, we played uh, a show at a taco joint in in St. John, New Brunswick. Oh, um, just in like it was a last minute booking. We wanted to fill this this date on this tour that was otherwise pretty full, and we we had a solid plan for the whole thing. So like, what the hell? Let's let's play St. John on Tuesday <laughs> or something like that. And and we we get booked at this this taco joint in town, and like the guy who ran the place was great and and set us up very well. Um, we had. I think one person pay cover at the door, and we even had to like haggle him a bit. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. 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 Oh yeah, there was um, one. Yeah, um, but even that, like, that's considered a bad show by a lot of standards. But like, it was us and our pals Ali Sin hanging out of this taco joint all night. Uh, sorry, Ali Sin's from uh, Quebec City, Quebec. Uh, really great band. If if any of you have heard them or not heard them, check them out. Um, but yeah, like even the nights where one dude pays covered and you're not even sure if he likes it, you still play to your pals. And like, yeah. it's, I always look at those as impromptu band practices and in, in exotic places. Yeah, <laughs> at that uh, at that show, I think we took the opportunity to like change up instrumentation too and play songs that we were maybe out of practice on or whatever. And yeah, yeah. also too at like at these these weird uh, shows that have the bad memories that I, that I brought up in Wainwright, we were, um, we were playing for really close friends who we've played, we've been working with since before even river jacks existed. And it was a birthday party for, for Sean Dickie, if you're listening, hi. And, um, and those relationships are just so special that we've, that we've developed in Lethbridge too, even though like every once in a while it gets a little bit rough and some, uh, you know, big cowboy tries to knock us off our merch table. Uh, it's we're still surrounded by by friends that we've had for so long, and and as scary as those big cowboys can be, you know, we're usually in a safer spot than we've ever we we normally are, just because we have friends close to us who care about us. Well, well said. Because um, I know I've had. I've, I've been playing a show and it's like, okay, we just, we have two songs left and I had a guy in the front row and he just goes, oh man. <sighs> I was like, yeah, it's not great. He was like, oh man, like only two songs left? Like, come yeah, on. Like, it's just like, like yeah. oh. Yeah. <laughs> so I would count that as bad. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'd like to put on the all-time best list and I'm, I'm the New Brunswick guy that's tagged to New Brunswick shows. Uh, we played in my hometown of Heartland, New Brunswick a few years back, and it was one of the silliest and craziest shows that I've ever seen there and, and also performed on my part. Uh, shout out to Corey Krauss for walking on broken glass and Chris Walton getting his nose broken in the pit. Oh, yeah. yeah Corey lost like, his shoes. <laughs> or maybe he just doesn't wear shoes. Get flip-flops on. It's it's a New Brunswick tradition to kick your shoes off before you go into the mosh pit. That's just oh, a, right. courtesy. <laughs> That's great. 
<laughs> I think anytime we get to play with like good friends, you know, like like Audio Rocketry or Fire Next Time. Yeah, that one we uh, played with Alien Boys was Alien awesome. Boys, was the skate park. Uh, yeah, it's, those those kinds of shows are always the best shows for me, just because like we're hanging out with our best friends and and playing music together. And what more do you want, right? Yeah, anytime I get to sit down the bar from John Creedon <laughs> is a is a nice time to me. Or like getting to open for a band that uh, that means a lot to us, right? Like um, those kinds of shows are always really, really, really fun kind of playing for bands that maybe you looked at as heroes when you were younger. Mm-hmm. Um, like we played for 88 Fingers Louie as River Jacks, obviously, but uh, that was a real special show for me because I've loved that band since I was 16 years old. So getting to meet them and share the stage with them and play right before them was uh, was just almost surreal. Uh, and really cool and special, right? So, those are the those are the shows that I see. Like, there's so many of them, right? It's hard to just single out the right one. But I just, I guess, I just did that, didn't I? Well, <laughs> you know, you're, you're probably gonna get done with this and then be like, oh, you know what a good one was? Oh, the show, that one <laughs> yes. show, yes. the Harlan one Jordan mentioned earlier actually was 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 an incredibly fun show. That was, yeah, was so rockets. Yeah. It was so good. And like, I guess there's the other type of rad show too. Like, there's the ones where you look forward to because you get to either play with a friend or or open up to somebody that you really admire or respect. Uh, but then there's the show that like you find somebody new, like 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 oh, yeah. Alien Boys for the first time. Or like I remember playing with Anthems out of um, Vancouver the first time uh, we played at uh, Pub Three Forty, I think it was. And That's I remember great. hearing them and just being like, "Yo, like, what is this?" <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, bored by that new band, you know, it's it's a nice feeling, very memorable. Yeah, That's right, anthems with two A's. Yeah, That's anthems. Right. anthems. <laughs> always at the top of every list. Yeah, so every playlist. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I got a theory that both those dudes were like made in a lab. <laughs> <laughs> it's too perfect. Just like super soldiers <laughs> of the they're, music. They're, they're perfect angels. <laughs> yeah, they're incredible. So you guys have toured Canada side to side from coast to coast to coast what do you think the motivation is to keep going and to keep creating because as you know it's she's a tough road i think like uh, we're still having fun with it so that's definitely motivation fun is fun is key um and like we all get along really well and 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 i think that's really important too so i think that's what keeps us going there's a bit of like a life calling to there right like i can't picture a world in which i wasn't creating music it would be like very bad time for me and i can't really picture a world in which i wasn't traveling with my best friends making music it's it's just kind of like and at this point a part of me that I have to do it just to kind of continue to be myself. Sorry, he's getting excited. A lot of dog cameos in this. Yeah, yeah, just a couple. That's Captain Picard. My Part of me thinks too, like regarding the, the 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 keep it going thing. Like, I find the the older I'm getting, the less uh, willing I am to get absolutely wasted every night. 
<laughs> and uh, you know, about ten ten years ago, or even like two years ago, that would have been the case um, for me on any given tour. And you know that that was the lifestyle, and that that's what I was doing. Um, and nowadays, it, it, there's a bit more of a tempered approach to it, and I find I've got more gas in the tank to get through those those long days in the van. Like, it actually gets a little bit easier if you're not just like deadly hungover every day. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's becoming more sustainable as as we take care of our bodies and our mental health on the road, and we've developed all kinds of traveling processes that just really keep us um aligned with ourselves and with each other like i shave on the road not because i feel like i have to but just because it's a it's a process that grounds me and makes me feel like i'm uh staying sharp <laughs> living on the edge <laughs> going against the grain if you will that's right yeah you cut yourself <laughs> Uh, He's not a sorter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>